And now, a warrior for the Word of God and the Constitution of the United States, a Marine Corps veteran, a Harvard-trained attorney, Bishop of the Call Churches, and founder and president of STAND, staying true to America's national destiny, the voice of the awakening, your host, Bishop E. W. Jackson. And I am he. Great to be with you again today, folks. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I don't care what happened yesterday. Hope you're having a wonderful day today. You know, tomorrow. Yeah, yesterday is over. We've got today, and we have today to live. So let's enjoy today. Uh, but of course, I was deeply disappointed with the results of yesterday's election in Georgia, of course. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend otherwise. I am not happy about it. And uh, I've got a guest coming up in the next segment on to talk about a different topic. But when we come back from the guest, uh, I'm going to open up the lines after the guest is on. I want to know what you think. I want to know what you think happened in Georgia yesterday. I jokingly said, I hope we're not singing. That's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. I, that's kind of what happened because Georgia is no longer a reliably red state. Georgia is now a battleground state. Now, here's the first thing that I want to say to you. These are my reflections. Let me tell you what I don't believe happened. People say, well, it's, it's the, the um, Herschel Walker was not a good candidate. I don't believe that that's why he lost. People say, well, people are tired of Donald Trump and Donald Trump choosing him uh, is why he lost. I don't believe that's why he lost. And by the way, it is true that Herschel Walker is a flawed candidate. All candidates are, um, I guess, on a scale of one to ten. You probably couldn't say that Herschel Walker was a, a nine or a ten, uh, but he's some, probably somewhere in the middle. Um, but nevertheless, I don't think that's that had anything to do with his losing. Um, and and while Donald Trump, I don't. By the way, I don't think Donald Trump helped. I don't think he helped Herschel Walker, and we'll get into that a little bit too. Uh, but I don't think he hurt him either. I don't. I I think it was a wash. I think he helped him get started. He gave him the the sort of helped generate the the enthusiasm from the Republican base. Of course, Herschel Walker was already well-known in Georgia. Uh, I think Donald Trump did a couple things that, that, again, had he not done those things and maybe done some other things, could have helped. But I don't, I don't think that's Donald Trump is why he lost. I'll tell you why I think he lost. Okay? And you all can give me your view. And some of you, of course, may think there was some cheating that got done. And uh, I, in fact, a friend of mine was down there. A friend of mine who's a lawyer was recruited to go down there by the RNC and be down there in one county to watch the tabulation and watch everything. He said the people were very cooperative. They were very happy to answer any questions. He said we watched things like a hawk. And apparently, I think we had lawyers in every county down there, I think. So maybe, maybe cheating, but apparently there was a, 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 a very, very serious effort to watch those tabulations and to watch the voting because a personal friend of mine contacted me and said, hey, this is where I am. I'm one of the lawyers that was recruited to be down here to watch the process. Here's what I think we're up against, folks. I think we're up against a 
Republican Party that simply lacks vision. I think that's what we're up against, a party that really does lack vision. You all have heard me talk about this book, Brown is the New White by Stephen Phillips. That, that is not a conservative book. I'm not recommending it to you. That is a book written by liberals for liberals, but I read it. And I think you may have heard me say this before. It's been, been I think, a couple of years since I've read it. But when I read it, the book made clear that well over a decade ago, I think it's 12 or 13 years now, they were plotting to take Georgia. Did you hear what I just said? They were plotting to take Georgia well over a decade ago. And when I say they, I mean these, these big power brokers, the billionaires, the big influencers, the, the people who are really out there on the far left, the Barack Obama, Stephen Phillips, Eric Holder, uh, George Soros, and his billionaire cabal, all these people were plotting because they felt like Georgia could be taken. And here's, here was their strategy in a nutshell. You radicalize black voters because there's so many of them there. You radicalize black voters. And between black voters and sort of your white leftist base, you have what they call a new American majority. And they chose Stacey Abrams to be their stalking horse. Stacey Abrams would be the person who would get out there and, and demagogue the issue of race and stir up and organize and mobilize black voters to vote against being put back in slavery and to vote against Jim Crow 2.0 and to vote against being denied the right to vote. Yeah. See, all of that garbage is part of a long-term strategy by Democrats to take a state like Georgia that they felt was there for the taking. So my question is this, well, where have the Republicans been? Because folks, you cannot surrender 30% of the population to vote 95% for one party and expect to win. Now, Brian Kemp pulled it out this time. Let's see what happens next time. But Georgia has two far-left liberal U.S. senators. I mean, just think about that. Georgia. And they were plotting this all, all, 13 to 15 years ago. They were plotting this. And by the way, they gave Stacey Abrams $100 million to get the job done. Yeah, folks, I didn't stutter and I didn't make a mistake. A hundred million dollars. And she put that money to work. She's got multiple nonprofits and multiple PACs. And look, and I'm not, I'm not whining because I'm going to do what I have to do. And I believe in the power of God to give me victory no matter what. But I go down into Georgia and I'm not talking about hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars or even a million dollars. Now, I think I told you all this. Um, the, the main station in Georgia, the main black gospel station, WPZ, it's a powerhouse down there. We went to advertise uh, with them, and they started nitpicking the ad. We, we referred to crime statistics. Oh, well, where'd you get your statistics? 
Where'd those come from? So we gave them statistics. We got them from the Bureau of Justice. We got them from Statista. They're reliable statistics. And then, oh, well, well, you mentioned abortion being something that, that is against the black community. Abortion wasn't created against the black community. They literally said this, folks. Abortion, abortion's mentioned back, way back in Egypt, back in ancient times. I, I said, well, I'm talking about American abortion. I'm talking about the Planned Parenthood version. I'm th- oh, 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 oh. Well, you're going to run the ad. Oh, you, you, you know what? We're sold out, actually. We're sold out. They didn't want to run the ad in the first place. Now, folks, if the Republican Party were in there pitching with me, see, they would have been all over that. These lawyers that they had, great. I'm glad they had them. Would have been challenging the station and saying, I mean, I don't have the resources. I don't have the time to do all that. Would have been challenging the station saying, oh, no, you, you, you are an FCC licensed agency and you are not going to play those games. And would have been in there plowing money into the process so that we could actually have a profound put footprint long term pulling those voters away. And here again, you don't need to get a majority of them. I mean, just think five, 10 percent. 20, 15, 20%, 15, 20%, it's over. But even 5 or 10% could make the difference. And they're not even doing that. Back in a moment. This is Viewpoints with Kirby Anderson. Yesterday, I referred to a speech for Hillsdale given last year by Christopher Rufo of the Manhattan Institute. He provided a multi-decade description of how woke ideas made their way into various institutions. One of his prime examples is what he found at the Walt Disney Company. Two years ago, he filed a story about Disney forcing employees to engage in a critical race theory training program. It required its white employees to complete privilege checklists and included exercises on decolonizing bookshelves. The Disney controversy grew when the company decided to wade into a political fight with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the legislature. The bill prohibited teaching about gender ideology, sexual orientation, and sexuality in early grades. Despite the media attempts to discredit it, Christopher Rufo reminds us that the bill was supported by 60 to 80 percent of Floridians. About the same time, he also posted videos sent to him from Disney employees. One executive producer for Disney said she had been inserting what she called a not-so-secret gay agenda into children's programming and had experienced no pushback. Once some of these videos surfaced, Disney did receive pushback. Subscriptions to Disney streaming dropped significantly. Parents canceled trips to Disney theme parks and even Disney cruises. The CEO of Disney resigned last month after serving just two years due to what the media described as a combination of poor earnings and power struggles. So once again, you can see the impact that you as a consumer can have when you vote with your feet and vote with your pocketbook. One phrase I often use is, go woke, go broke. I'm Kirby Anderson, and that's my point of view. For a free copy of Kirby's booklet, A Biblical View on Inflation, go to viewpoints.info slash inflation. That's viewpoints.info slash inflation. We can all relate to the discipleship impact Sunday School or VBS has had on our children's lives. The greatest journey is just like that, but with worldwide impact. Your gift of $6 provides evangelism and discipleship for children and multiplication of the church in more than 100 countries worldwide. Join with AFR and other listeners in this powerful outreach, sending the gospel into the corners of the world. 
Since 2009, as a result of this program, more than 12 million children have made decisions to follow Christ. $60 reaches 10 children, $150 reaches 25 children. Your donation provides instruction materials in 12 discipleship lessons in a child's own language, led by a teacher trained by Samaritan's Purse. Call 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or donate online at AFR.net and help send children on the greatest journey. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. We will come back to yesterday's election in Georgia, but my guest is someone I've wanted to have on for a while because she is at the center of a major battle we are having right now to see to it that parents have the ultimate say in what their children are and are not taught and told about and talked to about, and particularly with regard to sexual matters and some of these these ideological uh, perversions that we're seeing being pushed in the public schools these days. So Tiffany Justice of Moms for Liberty, welcome to The Awakening. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me on today. Uh, Tiffany, you are here at just the right time because in my town, in the town where my church is, in Chesapeake, Virginia, we just had a big battle over a Satan club in the school. Uh, And this was kind of snuck by parents. They didn't know anything about it. This thing was scheduled to start happening, and parents found out about it and rose up. Your organization has really started to give voice to parents rather than seeing them kind of rolled over, ignored, (laughs) um, basically having their parental rights trampled. And you all are getting this job done all over the country, aren't you? Yes, sir, we are. Our mission statement at Moms for Liberty is to unify, educate, and empower parents to defend and protect their parental rights at all levels of government. And our moms know that the survival of America um, it depends on parents rising up and defending and protecting those fundamental parental rights. So all over the country, uh, in 44 states, over 250 chapters, over 100,000 members um, strong, Moms for Liberty members are standing up uh, for children and for the innocence of our children. Wow, Tiffany, that this has erupted, and the, the growth of your organization, I don't know how long you all have been in existence, but I didn't find out about you until this controversy arose. But I assume this has exploded because parents all over the country are hungry to reassert themselves into the, the, the education of their children and not have their children basically taught to ignore or disrespect or dishonor the will of their parents. Yes, sir. Tina Deskovich and I are the co-founders of Moms for Liberty, and both Tina and I are moms. I have four children. She and her husband have five together. And uh, we both served as school board members. So from 2016 to 2020, um, our moms saw very directly, uh, excuse me, Tina and I, I apologize, saw very directly that our parental rights uh, were being eroded. And then COVID happened, and we saw a blatant attack on parental rights. And so when our terms ended on school board, we knew that we needed to rally parents. It's not enough to just work to get people elected, but you have to support those elected officials and help to guide them once they're in office. And so that's what our moms and dads are doing around the country, paying attention to what's happening at that school board level and the state level, and then, you know, inserting themselves where they need to, to make sure that parents are in the driver's seat when it comes to directing the upbringing of their children. 
Tiffany, you said something in your initial remarks that I'm so glad you said, but I want you to amplify it. You said the survival of our country depends upon parents taking their rightful place in effect in, in the rearing of their children. I think you are so right. But, but talk about why you think that, that it goes literally goes to the issue of the survival and the future of this nation. We have a question right now, it seems, as to who should have more say in the life and the direction of the upbringing of a child. And the state very clearly thinks that they uh, know better than parents as to what children need. And we've heard that echoed, right, from some of the political uh, elected officials that we've seen. You saw Terry McAuliffe in Virginia say, you know, parents shouldn't be involved in the education of their children. We have the teachers' unions very directly saying that. And so, American parents got to see that there were all of these people that uh, laid, you know, claim to their children's education, whether it should be happening or not, what should be being, what should be taught in the classrooms. But parents really didn't have a voice in any of that. There is not a future for our country if parents do not have that fundamental right to direct the upbringing of their children recognized. The idea that the government thinks they know better than you for your child is just ridiculous. And so, you know, we have to rise up and, and really claim and, and stake our claim to our children and our families. And, 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 you know, you have the right as the parent, that fundamental right, as I said, to direct the education, the medical care, the moral and religious upbringing. Um, and, and schools are um, really uh, driving a wedge between the parent and the child right now. And so um, what does that future look like? The other issue that moms are really concerned about is academic achievement and the literacy rates that we see in our country. We just had recent uh, NAEP scores come out, National Assessment for Educational Progress. Um, and, and what we saw was that in 2019, our kids were not doing well in school, but in 2021, 2022, they're doing even worse. And so um, with a nation of, of nearly two-thirds of kids not reading on grade level, what does the future of America look like to have uh, a generation of children who can't read um, and can't do math. And so uh, moms and dads want more. We're paying, you know, we, we know that we have a nation of people paying taxes, expecting outcomes out of our public education system, and, and we're not getting those outcomes. Can you imagine if a business, if you made seatbelts and two-thirds of the seatbelts failed? Would, would anyone be able to continue to uh, be, in, be a leader of a company, or would they be able to attract more investors or get more money if they were failing to do their job? And yet, here is where we are with American education. So it's time for parents to take education back. That's what we're doing. And Moms for Liberty is very focused on school board races. We're taking back public education one school board seat at a time. Sometimes, uh, as in the 22 election cycle, we took back um, over 250 school board seats, uh, 500 candidates endorsed and 251. Um, so that's pretty amazing. Well, look, because I know we're going to run out of time here shortly, but how do people get in touch? How do people support you? Where should they go? Please go to momsforliberty.org and check out our website. Explore it a little bit. There's a resource page there with some really interesting resources. But you can click on the big map. Uh, click on the state that you live in and see if we have a chapter in your area. The, the counties where we're set up will have a, a, their own web page, and you can check that out. Um, if we don't have a chapter in your county, click to start one, even just to learn a little bit about what that process looks like. Um, you need to be like-minded in the values of parental rights. You need 10 friends to come along with you to help start uh, your chapter. Um, but it really is as easy as that. And then you can start working to hold that torch of liberty in your community and show people that it doesn't have to be like this that we can all work together for a better future for our children. 
Yeah, are you concerned that these public schools are now teaching children, instead of teaching them to think, to read, to write, to do math, but really teaching them to be steeped in, in identity politics, gender identity, racial identity. You're an oppressor. You're, the vic- you're a victim. You're the oppressed. I mean, all this stuff that has nothing to do with the future of the country, I mean, the, with the future of that child's uh, career or, or uh, progress, but rather, as you said, dividing us at the earliest age and having us think of each other in different categories suspiciously. You're on that side. I'm on this side. I mean, that, that, it's a very disturbing thing. And I know Moms for Liberty is addressing that, too. We are. And, and even more than the ideas that they're placing in the children's head, which are toxic to no doubt, it's the way in which they're doing it. We have something called social-emotional learning that has been pushed into schools all across the country. I'm sure people have heard of it, SEL. And, and it, there is no evidence to show uh, that this is a positive thing to be doing in schools. What it really breaks down to is group therapy, whole group instruction happening that's called Tier 1 intervention in a classroom, social-emotional learning. What it's meant to do is destabilize the child. You know, as a mom, I've got four kids. I used to tell my kids, when you get that funny feeling in your tummy, or you know that mommy and daddy might not like something, um, you need to stop and think about whether or not you should do it. What they're actually doing in the classrooms is destabilizing the child and saying, it doesn't matter what your parents think. It doesn't matter how you feel about this in your heart, in your mind. We want you to push against that because it's for the betterment of our our country, of our communities, for you to push past you being uncomfortable. So this is how they justify teaching all of these things. And once you put the child into that place where they no longer trust themselves or their families and the people around them, that you make them this ward of the government and the state. And that's when that toxic curriculum and ideology can then be placed into the child's head. Um, And and it's very, very scary and dangerous. So um, we're very involved in really exposing what's being taught when it comes to parental rights in your child's education. You cannot direct the education of your child if you're doing that from a reactive position. If the information has already been, your child has already been exposed to it, you're not directing. And so the government has a responsibility because of our fundamental rights as parents to show us what's being taught in the classrooms before our children are exposed to it. And then we get to make the decision as to whether or not we feel that's something that's appropriate for them. And so I just say to all of your listeners, please, you know, ask more questions, ask for more transparency. We need to see what's happening in these classrooms so that we can work to make sure that it's safe for our kids. Well, coming back to your initial comment about the survival of our nation, every tyrannical regime that I've ever read about always tries to get control of children. And this is supposed to be America where we're free people and the state should not be trying to take over our children. It should be affirming the rights of parents to raise their children in the way they should go. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a real concern that we have. Where does this lead us if it continues? So thank God that you all are on the front line trying to make sure that that doesn't happen. So if people want to support you, they want to learn more about it, they want to start a chapter, they go to momsforliberty.org, correct? Yes, sir. And you can go there again, explore the website a little bit. You can donate to us if you'd like to help support the work that we're doing. Um, we're, we're hoping to be in all 50 states by the end of the year. Join the national page, get the newsletters. You can see what we're up to, what our chapters are working on. This is truly a group of amazing women and men, moms and dads, aunts, uncles, community members, all working together to ensure a bright future for America's kids. Well, Tiffany, thank God for what you are doing, because if 
the way things are going threatens the survival of America. What you all are doing is going to help America to survive and to thrive in the future and our children to have a country that we can be proud to hand off to them. So keep up the good work. God bless you. We're here to support you. Anytime anything is happening, please come back on to American Family Radio. Use my program. We'd be glad to give you a platform to talk about it. Thank you very much, sir. I hope you have a great day. All right. You too. That's Moms for Liberty, folks. They're doing some, they're doing God's work. 888-589-8840 is the number. When we come back, let's continue our discussion about the election. Back in a moment. It's my turn. Here is your host for My Turn, Don Wildman. Back many years ago, there were 12 men who shared a common bond. They joined themselves together for what they considered a great cause. It was, indeed, a revolutionary idea they had. It was also a revolutionary leader that they followed. With no weapon more powerful than a great cause, they set out to conquer the world. They carried no swords. They asked no material benefits. They expected to be scorned and ridiculed by the masses wherever they went. Yet from the very beginning, they never swerved, never parted from that great cause to which they had pledged themselves. Lest we forget the impact of that cause upon those men, lest we forget what bound them together, lest we forget what was more powerful than the sword that they refused to carry, we need to remember what happened to those 12 men. One was named James. He was the brother of the leader of the twelve. Another was also named James. He had a father who was named Zebedee. These two men carried the cause into the streets of the city where their group was meeting. Both men were met by angry mobs and were murdered because of their cause. Another man among the twelve was named Matthew. He had been a man of wealth prior to joining the cause and gave up financial security in order to become a member of the Twelve. He carried the cause to a little country called Ethiopia. There he was slain on a sword. He died for the cause. Philip was another of the Twelve. He came from a little city called Bethsaida, meaning the house of the fisher or the house of the hunter. He went fishing and hunting for men for the cause. He was hanged in Phrygia. Bartholomew was the unlikely name of another. Because of the cause, his skin was ripped from his body while he was still alive. Andrew, with his Greek name, was another of those pledged to the cause. He was crucified in Achaia. The cause deserved all he had. Thomas, often criticized for his doubts, left no doubt as to his loyalty to the cause. He carried it to East India, and there he was run through with a lance. Another was named Thaddeus. He was sometimes referred to as the other Judas. He gave it his all before he was shot to death with arrows. He was buried, legend says, in Beirut. There was Simon, a member of the Jewish Nationalistic Party, ready to die for his country against the hated Romans. Instead, he died for his cause. 
Like his leader, he was crucified. Persia was the place of death. Peter, perhaps the best known of the men, got as far as Rome with the cause. There he too was crucified. His request was to be crucified upside down. He did not consider himself worthy to die as his leader did. There was also Matthias, selected to fill the place of the one who betrayed the leader. He paid dearly for his decision to follow the cause. He was beheaded. The other of the men was named John. He was the brother of James, the son of Zebedee. He alone escaped death because of the cause. And still, someone says, the Christian faith is free. This has been My Turn with Don Wildman, a production of the American Family Association. The Awakening. The Awakening. Download and listen at your leisure with the podcast page at AFR.net. Now, back to our host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. And by the way, if you want to comment on Moms for Liberty uh, and the interview with uh, that I just had with uh, this young lady, please feel free to do that. I mean, that's, a, that's an important issue. But I want to focus on this election. Uh, I said, from my perspective, the, the reason for the loss is a lack of vision by the Republican Party. You know, the Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. And I told you all that I read almost, uh, here again, I don't know the exact amount of time. It's been a couple books since I read the book. At that time, I think it was about 11 years prior to that that they were having these discussions. So I'd say probably about 13 years since they were discussing how to take Georgia, that, it, that Georgia was takeable. And that Stacey Abrams ended up being the stalking horse, the person that they were going to use and finance in order to get the job done. Where have Republicans been all this time? I mean, what are Republicans doing? And I'm, ta- I'm talking about, you know, good representatives and people that we've got. That's not their job. I'm talking about the Republican establishment, the apparatus. I know Ronna McDaniel, again, last June, she's sending out communiques about celebrating Gay Pride Month. How'd that work out for you in Georgia? I mean, so, but look, here's one other thing I want to mention. Who, you folks from Georgia, please talk to me about this Georgia Lieutenant Governor, Jeff Duncan, the Republican, who's been bad-mouthing Donald Trump, bad-mouthing conservatives, bad-mouthing Herschel Walker. I mean, he just said recently that, in fact, that he said after this election, the reason why Herschel Walker lost is that, that, uh, Donald Trump has brainwashed conservatives into into believing that conservatism is angryism. So we're angry, and that's the reason why Herschel Walker lost. You know, give me a break, give me a break. First of all, who is this lieutenant governor down there? Who, in the midst of a hard-fought, close election, is bad-mouthing? the candidate, the Republican candidate, and bad-mouthing the Republican base. What in the world is going on? Where's the party discipline? See, I, I, I don't know whether Lee Zeldin is the answer or what the answer is, uh, but somebody better get a hold of this thing because while the Democrats were plotting over a decade ago to take Georgia and have just about gotten it done, I don't know what the Republicans are doing. 
I guess they were too busy plotting how to celebrate gay rights. I guess I guess that's what the establishment. I, I don't know, but yikes, folks! Yikes! Eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero is the number. But look, it's not over. We're not giving up. We got another election coming up in two years, and that's going to be a big one. And I really believe we're going to make some headway because every time we learn a little bit more, we get a little bit better. And if we can get the the apparatus of the so-called conservative party to start acting more smartly, man, I I think the American people will go with us. But, I mean, a choice between don't particularly like these guys, these Democrats, but these Republicans, what 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 are they what are they doing? I mean, they don't seem to know what they want to do. They don't. Well, I'll stay home. Well, you know, who knows? Now we got to give people a reason to vote. We got to give them vision. We got to give them a sense of conviction and commitment, so they 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 know that they're they're voting for warriors who are really going to get something done, and that the apparatus apparatus of the party is behind those warriors rather than worrying about who supported them and did Donald Trump was he behind them and who else? I mean, please. 888-589-8840. Let's get to your calls. Doug in Texas. Doug, welcome. God bless you, sir. Uh, really appreciate your comments about what you thought about the election and uh, always because I think you have great uh, wisdom about it. What I was going to say is uh, we're Christians. You and me think always on things that are excellent, worthy of praise. Amen. I'd say the Re- Republican Party has a great vision. Make America great again. Very simple. You ever <laughs> listen to one of Donald Trump's uh, rallies? You ever listen? That's a vision. That's a vision that nobody else puts out there. And that's not because I'm a big Trump supporter, which I am. I, I, I love the guy. But I'm just saying he gives the vision. And like this lady was saying earlier that you interviewed, uh, yes, uh, the, it's obvious that the school system or whatever is subverting the, the children. I want a candidate that gives us a vision of getting back to the, our founding principles. That's why I love Herschel Walker because he talks openly about Jesus Christ and about getting back to the fundamentals of things. I thought he was a great candidate, not because he was a politician, but because the guy has a heart. God, we're we're his children. We're God's children. Praise God. We want to be like God. He looks upon the heart. Got it. Thank you, Doug. Thank you so much, brother. I got to move on, Doug, because you're about to preach, brother, but I appreciate everything you've said. And look, I agree with you. This is the thing, though. Trump is not the Republican Party. He's not. I mean, he he has a segment of the party behind him, but the Republican apparatus, as you know, is not behind Donald Trump. Uh, And you're right. I think Make America Great Again is a great vision. Uh, We got to secure America's future and we've got to reestablish and restore America's sense of greatness because that's these leftists have eroded that severely. Thank you for the call, my friend. Dennis in Mississippi. Dennis, welcome. Hey, brother. Look, first, I want to say that uh, I've got a teenage son that loves your uh, conference calls with Stand. And, of course, I've been listening in, too. Also, Good. But look, uh, uh, we're about, we're, 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 uh, I believe this is a spiritual war. You know that. All, yep. all Christians know that. And I'm really burdened by the leaders we've elected to serve and govern our country. And I believe God has just given us over to our own desires. He, we are a wicked nation, a nation that's turned away from God. We're full of wickedness, murder, hate, division, ungodliness. 
and and he's just let us he, he's let the people of Georgia have what they want. I wasn't there, but I don't believe there was no cheating. I believe it was a very closely elected watched election. And I know there's a remnant. I know there's a remnant, brother, and I pray we need to go on the offensive warfare, not flesh and blood, but a spiritual warfare, and take these souls back from these wicked people. Praise you, God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, you, brother Dennis. Thank you very much. Uh, You quoted it, Janice. You referred to it, Isaiah 1-9. Unless the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we would have become like Sodom, we would have been made like Gomorrah. So that means that remnant was enough for God to preserve the people. And I believe the remnant of faithful, God-loving people in this country is enough to preserve the nation. Uh, let's go to Kelly in Arkansas. Kelly, welcome. I appreciate your discernment. Uh, my thinking on this election was that it was kind of a referendum on Mr. Trump because both candidates were very flawed one, neither one of them were as moral as they proposed to be. Uh, they were both uh, habitual liars. Uh, and I just think that there's some problems. People were mad at Trump and over the past and, and kind of see, I mean, even with the other endorsements that he had, isn't it time for the Republican Party to get back to true morality and to real conservatism. I'm not talking about just financial, but I'm talking about God. Of course, the Democrats, you know, they're not they're not God chasers right now, but uh, the moderates kind of are leading. Uh, there's more independents now than there are uh, leftist or conservative right wing. You know, that's just my thinking. What hmm. what do you think is going to happen? Because we could have a three. We could have a three-way run on this next thing in two years, and, uh, you know, we're going to keep doing this if we don't do something different. You know, thank you. Uh, All right, Kelly. Thank you for the call. Um, Look, you just heard one caller say how much he loves Donald Trump. I think there is some Trump fatigue out there. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I've had some of my friends say to me, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I, I'm, I, want, I, I want someone else now. I need, need, need someone fresh. I think these latest things that uh, have come up with the Kanye West and the Nick Fuente stuff and now this latest comment about um, terminating the Constitution, here again, it just gives his enemies something to, to talk about. And for those who may be a little bit shaken already, makes them wonder. So here again, I don't know where the future lies with whom. Back in a moment. When you hear this. This is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Forget about Facebook. The last 10 days we've been banned twice and is unbanning a word. They put us under the ban. Christians and conservatives don't need your YouTube. Banned one day. Banned again. AFR programs are now live streaming on the AFA streaming app. Now you can get shows like today's issues straight from the source. Put back on the next. Just say unbanned. Unbanned. Just search AFA streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. 
So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for healthcare. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true, the typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people, but what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, They'll waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. I, I would ask your listeners, Jim, and I always ask couples, when was the last time you had a 10-minute eye-to-eye heart contact, consistent eye contact with each other? Simple moments of connection can make a big difference in your marriage, as Dr. Randy Schrader explains on Focus on the Family Minute. Purposely focused eye contact without any distractions, cell phone the other room, TV off, almost every couple that comes to see me will say, we can't remember. Yeah. We can't remember That's the last time we spent 10 minutes because couples are, you know, they may cook dinner together, clean up the uh, dishes together, but it's just passing eye contact. Just to look into each other's eyes like the three of us are doing hmm. just doesn't happen after the second or third year of marriage. The complacency sets in. Look for simple ways to spend quality time together, even if it's just for a few minutes today. More insights from Randy at FamilyMinute.org. Back to The Awakening with Bishop E.W. Jackson on American Family Radio. When I say the Republican establishment, the apparatus, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about the people who actually run the apparatus of the party. I mean, it was the party that was responsible for getting lawyers out to the, to the county polling places. It was the party that was responsible for turning out the vote. And here's the difference in my view. Republicans are trying to win elections. Democrats are trying to take permanent control of the country. Now just pause on that one for a moment. It's a very different mindset. Republicans are trying to win elections. Democrats are trying to take permanent control of the country. And this strategy they've used in Georgia is what they want to use for these illegal immigrants. They get them in, they ultimately get them citizenship, and then they convince them, all of those mean conservative Republicans, they hate your guts. They want to deport you. They want to harm you. They want to hurt you. You've got to vote for us. We're your saviors. That's, they, they want permanent control of the United States of America so that they can then fundamentally transform this country away from the constitutional republic and toward a more, their version of a democracy, which means that they can get to rule on absolutely anything without limitation. 888-589-8840 is the number and punish anybody who doesn't go along, which is something they're already doing. Let's go to Randy in Louisiana. Randy, welcome. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yeah, but well, uh, 
the voting machines at first, I can't believe that Pennsylvania was that foolish to vote for Fetterman. Uh, I think uh, they need to check the vote machines. They can't be that foolish. Then Georgia, I think they have tweaked these voting machines to where the Democrats just barely win instead of win by a landslide like <laughs> Biden did. I mean, that's my opinion. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, you got to start at the source. I got Second you, Randy. Second is the PTA. The PTA, Parents Teachers Association, I don't know if they exist anymore. I mean, I'm 70 years old. And yeah. if they, in civics, they need to put all this back in the schools. They dropped the ball. In 1990, there was a talk All right, Randy, Randy, I got got your two points. Randy, I got to go. Thanks for the call. Um, I think PTAs have been taken over by the teachers' unions, folks. Uh, Let's go to John in Georgia. John, welcome. Hey, I just wanted to say most of the points have been covered, but, you know, Walker was a flawed candidate. That, that's why he got 200,000 votes less than our governor, Brian Kemp. Kemp's yeah. pretty popular. That's why people voted. And the same illustration in November, I did not vote. I always vote Republican, but I did not vote for our Secretary of State, Raffensperger, because he, he's a rhino. I mean, he might as well just be a Democrat. So I just skipped him on the ballot. And I think that's what people do. Uh, you know, Jay Christian Adams made the point this morning you know, the Atlanta soccer moms, they're, they're turned off by all this stuff about Walker. And, you know, whether it's true or not, you know, maybe, but. You mean the stuff, the stuff about the, that. wait a minute, you mean the stuff about the yeah, early abortions? Ex-wife and the abortion, yeah, all this stuff in his yeah. past. And I, I, I think he's a changed man, but that's not what comes across, you know, on, on these political ads and stuff. You know, well, yeah. That's so important, so. John, do, do you think, the, just just quickly, John, do you think they paid any attention to the fact, or did the Republicans not highlight, Warnock has his own obvious moral failings as well. I mean, but that didn't seem to play as big a role. Well, yeah, I agree. But, you know, one thing, and you, you mentioned a minute ago about immigration. I, I'm 45. I've lived in Georgia my whole life. Uh, thankfully, I live in South Georgia now in God's country, but I used to live in North Georgia, and Atlanta is totally different. You know, when yeah. I was a kid, it was basically yeah. black and white. That was it. You go to LA yeah. now, it's like, you know, a hundred different countries walking around. And yeah. you saw that. You only got to win three counties to win basically the state in Atlanta. And you well, they yeah. went 80, 90 percent for Warnock last night. So that, that's something nobody's covering is, is the immigration part. Hey, John, listen, thank you so much for the call. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, well, look, here again. Republicans are trying to win elections. Democrats are trying to take over the entire country permanently. And that's, those are two different mindsets. <clears throat> and I hear all this stuff about, you know, sure, Herschel Walker is a, failed can- I mean, is a, is a flawed candidate. Yes, that's absolutely true. Uh, people didn't vote for him because they didn't like a lot of what they heard. I, I, I hear that. I hear that. But you have to remember, you can't divorce that from the fact that Democrats have been working over a decade to take over Georgia. They haven't been waiting for an election. They've been working a decade to take over Georgia, and they're finally at that point. So whatever flaws a candidate, a Republican candidate might have, they're going to take advantage of it. But what do you think happens with them when they have a flawed candidate, which they had one in Warnock? I mean, this guy's accused of throwing urine on kids and 
and uh, almost running over his wife with a car uh, in the midst of divorce and some, and some of these Baptist churches. I mean, you can't, even, you can't even be a pastor and have a divorce, but he's having all these rows and the police are showing up at his house. But all that gets kind of swept under the rug. And what something Warnock is alleged to have done 30 years ago is that's, you know, man, yeah, you know, we have questions about him. I think it goes back to the fact that they've been working, they meaning the Democrats, the left has been working all along to gin their vote up and get themselves ready to take over the state. And I don't think Republicans have ever thought that way, that we've got to stop them because they're on a march to take Georgia. Now they've taken it. All right, let's go to Mark in uh, Tennessee. Mark, welcome. Hello. How you doing? Bless, Mark. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. Um, it sounds like the Republican establishment needs to take some mean pills, maybe run some mean <laughs> TV ads, <laughs> and expose, uh, is it Warnock? Is that yeah, Warnock. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if they went that they used that strategy or not because I live in Tennessee, of course. But I totally agree with you, though, on this, the lack of vision that the Republicans had going into 2022. Not much there at all. Of course, Democrats used the the 2020 elections amid all the uh, China and the COVID-19, and you know they used some oh, voter fraud, yeah. so they got a control oh, yeah. of a lot of stuff then. But but you know what? If you look back at it. Mitch McConnell, he denies that there was a 2020 fraud that captured the presidential election. And he's never really supported Trump, even in 2020 when he was running. And a lot of those rhinos never did. And, you know, um, McConnell, he he wouldn't send money to Blake Masters or the uh, guy up there in the Senate race in New Hampshire, Bolduck. He was a retired general, but he gave money to Lisa Murkowski up in Alaska, an establishment Senate candidate. Hey, Mark, so, thanks for know, the call. To- thanks for the call, Mark. I, I, you're right. I got you. I got you, Mark. Um, that's what I mean, lack of vision, because what's more important, winning the seats or not having somebody who uh, maybe have been supported by Donald Trump? I mean, these, these people are owned by Donald Trump. They're just conservatives that he supported, but they couldn't look beyond that. I mean, Mark, Mitch McConnell couldn't look beyond it. How do you think Democrats would have handled that? Do you think that they would have seen their own candidates defeated rather than see somebody win who was represented or is supported by somebody they didn't like? <laughs> oh, no, because, see, they're playing for all the marbles, and while we're playing tiddlywinks. Let's go to Mary in Ohio. Mary, welcome. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I 100 percent agree with you. You hit the nail on the head. Exactly right. First, about the fact that They are trying to take over children and influence our children, and that goes from not just elementary, but high school and college. Um, I had twins who started college the year that COVID hit, and I can't tell you the impact on them and so many of their friends. Um, Depression, their loss. I I mean, there are so many that have been so badly affected, and you are 100% right that the the Republican Party needs to change their focus completely. Um, we do need organizations. We do need an organized approach to this. And I know that they had boots on the ground, the Dems, for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how they, like, did not see it, how they let this happen. I called Jim Jordan's office a couple times and asked, oh, so, so what kind of organizing are you doing? They've been, they've had these organizations in place for many, many years. And there's, there's nothing for Republicans. And I was. Yeah. 
Mary, thank uh, you for the call. Party. Yes. Yeah, Mary, thank you for the call. Um, look, that, it's just a fact, folks. It's just a fact. Uh, and Donald Trump, he shouldn't have to, and no other candidate should have to try to organize all across the country. That's what the Republican Party, uh, the, the Republican National Committee and the Republican parties are there for, for, to do that organizing, to do that on the ground stuff. Okay, we're running short. Let's see if we can get to as many of you as we can. Uh, let's go to um, Kimberly in Mississippi, Mississippi Gulf Coast. Welcome, Kimberly. Yes, sir. It's in my opinion that the Democratic Party is capable of not only organizing, but they go all in. Whether it means, you know, lie, cheat, kill, or steal, they are 100%. You know that they know that Biden is incompetent, but he's, he is still their candidate. And the Republican Party is not like that. We, we just do whatever. We don't see a candidate that we like. Well, we're not going to vote for the Democrats, so we just don't vote at all. It's time for the churches to stand up. It is time yes. for Republican people to stand up and say, no, we're not doing this. The rhinos, they got to go. The churches, you got to start standing up and saying, no, we're not. If we have the type of cohesion and that all-in mentality that the Democrats do, then we could stand together and push yep. this mess out of our party. Kimberly, thank you so much for the call. Look, folks, one of the greatest tricks the devil's pulled in this country, in the realm of politics, is to divide Christians against one another and have Christians siding with abortionists, homosexuals, transgenders, I mean, with every godless thing you can think of. And, and here Christians are locked arm in arm with them and then divided against each other based on the color of our skin. Now, you know the devil is a liar. That's, all, that's a lie out of the pit of hell. To have... Black voters believing that your enemy is your Christian brother and sister who has a lighter complexion, but your friend is the abortionist who would kill your baby and the transgender or homosexual activist who wants to teach your three-year-old that they shouldn't listen to you because they might be a different gender on the inside. But those, those are your allies and your Christian brothers and sisters are your enemies. I mean, it's crazy. Well, folks, we got to stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.